This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. Well, who would say that it's good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? Hey, man, it's the best place you can be. There's no place better than being with your brothers and sisters on a Sunday morning, being surrounded uh, by by such a strong family of people here. And so uh, the today, you know, we've been in this prayer series for since the beginning of the year. We've been talking about prayer because each year we kind of have a, a, a theme verse or a direction that we're going for the church. And uh, this year. The Lord gave my dad Isaiah 54, 7, and it says he has called us to be a people of prayer. And it says he will make us joyful in his house of prayer. And so our theme, our direction that we're going is prayer. Now, some people are like, well, that doesn't sound very exciting. Well, listen, do you like it when God answers your prayers? It's exciting then, isn't it? It's exciting. It's exciting when God comes through and pulls out a miracle for you. But listen, you've got to realize if you wait until there's an absolute dire emergency to learn how to pray, you've waited too long. If you prepare for the flood after the storm has already came, it's really hard to pour concrete when there's six inches of standing water. Some people want to lay the foundation after the storm came and praise God for his grace and mercy. But it's a lot better to become a person of prayer before the crisis hits. So you already know how to go to combat. Amen. Who wants to be a spiritual warrior? You want to be like the Rambo of the spirit world where you go to battle and and you win? And I know a lot of people, they're like, man, I am a spiritual warrior. I go to combat toe to toe with the devil. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't even go to church. You don't even, you don't even open your Bible and you think that you're some kind of spiritual warrior, combat, Rambo veteran. No, you're not. The devil would eat your lunch, man, and then smack you in the back of the head for talking to him. You gotta realize, you gotta take it serious. The Bible tells us that we have a real enemy. He walks around as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. This is a real deal. The devil's real, but thank God that Jesus is real and he defeated the devil. So I don't have to be afraid, but I am going to be prepared for whatever comes against me. I'm not going to wait till the shots have been fired to figure out how to use the weapon that I've been given. I'm going to find out way in advance. And then when the attack comes, I'll be ready. Amen. And so that is why we want to learn how to pray today. Amen. If you need an outline for the sermon, raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. And as they're doing that, I want to open up this morning to our opening text in 1 John chapter 5. Amen. 1 John chapter 5. Dylan, talk to these people now. They need to get excited about praying. 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to look at a couple of verses here. Now, people love these verses. And I love these verses. And, and uh, I mean, they really, they, they pump you up and build you up. But we're talking today about... Prayer blockers. Talking about prayer blockers, things that can hinder or block your prayers from being answered. And so the first thing here is 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Who in here you believe that God genuinely does hear your prayers? And I know there's a big movement... uh, to not, I mean, have you seen that in the news all week? Don't pray. Prayers are wasted. I mean, people are attacking Christians. And listen, that doesn't surprise me. I knew it would happen because Jesus said it would happen. But they're, they're tearing everybody apart and saying, don't pray anymore because it doesn't do any good. Well, I'm saying, listen, 
it does do good. It healed me of cancer. That's, I, I would say that's a pretty successful thing. I've seen it deliver more addicted people than I could even imagine. Prayer works. And so anyway, but, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Now, that's a pretty awesome promise from God right there, isn't it? That it says he will give us what we ask for. But I do have to say this. There have been times that I have prayed and I'm, I am possibly the only one here. So it's OK if I am. But there have been times when I've prayed and nothing actually happened. I didn't I didn't get what I desired. I didn't get what I prayed for. And, and, and it seems like the prayer didn't get answered. Now, has that, has that happened to anybody else where you prayed and it seems like that didn't happen? It seems like you didn't get your answer. Well, that means one of two things. Either God is a liar or you screwed up somewhere. You Maybe you screwed it up along the way somewhere. And I have found that in my life, the times that it seems like the prayer has not been answered, it has never been God's fault. God has never screwed up because he's perfect. But upon further examination of myself... I have found several times that I have somehow blocked the prayer or some, there's been something in the way blocking the prayer from getting answered. But I can promise you this. It's never been because God didn't hear me. It's never been because God didn't want me to be blessed and healed and happy and joyful. It's never been because God purposely did not want to answer my prayer. There's always been something clogging the pipeline from heaven somewhere along the way that I had to get cleared out. Amen. And so sometimes it is a matter of you got to do spiritual combat. I mean, Daniel in the book of Daniel prayed and he's like, what's going on? Why hasn't this prayer been answered? God said, listen, I sent angels three weeks ago when you prayed, but they've been in combat fighting through the demonic forces all this time for all these weeks. The, the, the angels were sent, but something happened. So that could be happening. But more often than not, we'll just talk about me because we don't want to talk about you. That would be mean. But let's talk about my life. More often than not, when my prayers haven't been answered, it's because Pastor David J. Samples was doing something to block them from being answered, okay? And so we're not judging you, we're judging me, and I'm fine with being judged. It's great. So let's look at, let, let's just examine this for a few minutes here today and see what it is. We're going to look at three things, there's more, but three things that could possibly be blocking our prayers from getting answered because I know it's not because God doesn't want to bless you. It's not because God doesn't want to answer your prayer. And it's certainly not because God didn't hear the prayer. So let's look at a few things here. Number one, what are some things that could be blocking it? Well, number one, it could be undealt with sin. We're talking about me, not about you. So just calm down. We're talking about me. But we're talking about it could be, number one, undealt with sin. Now, we don't want to sit here and, you know, and, and preach a hot and heavy on, on sin, but... It is worth noting that there are times that, remember me, not you, has done something sinful that has blocked the prayer from being answered in my life. And and I'm sitting there, I mean, I'm giving it everything. I'm praying and spitting and crying and rolling and, and doing everything a good little Pentecostal would do. But it seems like nothing is happening. And upon further examination, I said, man, there's something in my life. Something in my heart that I haven't dealt with yet, and it is hindering my faith from working. So let me show you a few things here. In Psalm 66, verse 18. Psalm 66, verse 18. 
And I'll read this out of the King James, Psalm 66, verse 18. But let's just, we're examining me, but I would ask that you could possibly examine yourself today too, okay? And look at your own life and say, man, maybe the thing that I've been praying for, maybe it's not that God's withholding blessing from me. Maybe it's not that God just doesn't want me to have a nice life. Maybe it's it's possible that I'm kind of doing something to block the blessing from flowing, okay? So just examine your life while we judge me this morning. Psalm 66, verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Well, what does that mean? Regard iniquity. That means if I'm keeping sin, iniquity is sin. If I'm keeping sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, I've got to point out a very thing that you need to understand. It's one thing to commit a sin one time because, hey, we all do. We all do stupid things. We commit sin. It's one thing to commit a sin and then repent and get over it. It's another thing to let iniquity, to let sin take a place in your life where you're now making that like that's just what you do. That's There's a big difference between I said something I shouldn't have said and then every single day going out and filling up the world with cuss words. There's a difference. You shouldn't be doing that. All right. That is not acceptable. That is unacceptable for a Christian to do. How do you think you're going to go out there and blaspheme and curse and say all these things and then turn around? Dear sweet Jesus, I'm coming to you. I need some money right now. And then you go out and are you serious? It doesn't work that way, man. And so it's one that we all make mistakes. We all occasionally say something. That's one thing. But it's another thing when that's just what you do on a regular basis. Iniquity has taken a hold of your heart. It says right here that the Lord will not hear me at that point anymore. And I mean, no one wants to talk about this, but we're just trying to help each other out today. I'm not trying to make people feel bad. I'm trying to get prayers answered because I would love it if we had a church full of people that were getting prayers answered left and right i need everybody we need all of the brothers and sisters in here to be functioning at full capacity getting their prayers answered because i know your prayers aren't selfish i know you're praying for good things you're praying for salvations and healings and deliverance and miracles i know what you're praying for and i want these things to happen but if you are letting iniquity if you are letting sin have some space of your heart letting it just have one little corner listen i like what josh says if you give it an inch it thinks it's a ruler all of a sudden he says that about his wife, but I'm saying it about sin. You, you let sin have an end. She th- it thinks it's a ruler. And so you've got to watch out that you've got to, what does Proverbs 4.23 say? It says, guard your heart above all else, for it affects everything you do. And so don't regard, don't let iniquity, don't let sin take root in your heart and then start to say, well, people are judging me. People are saying, I, I, listen, don't fall into that trap of being a sensitive little offended sissy that we have in 2018 that they do something the Bible clearly says is wrong. And then you say, hey, bro, I don't uh, you probably should, that's going to hurt you if you keep doing that. Don't judge. Don't listen. Don't expect to live that way and think that God's just going to be raining down blessing upon blessing on your life and you're going to get all these prayers answered. It won't happen. According to Psalm 66, 18, God's not even going to hear that prayer. Is that mean to say, well, if it is, so be it. But what I think is mean is to not tell somebody what's blocking their prayers from getting answered. We need people of faith that can pray prayers of faith and get their prayers answered. Isaiah 59, verse 2. Let's flip over there. 
It's going to get more painful before it gets better. So just hang in there. The good stuff's coming. We're going to make you feel good in a little bit. We're going to, we're going to make you feel real good. But, but Isaiah 59, verse 2. And again, I remind you, we're talking about me because I know none of this applies to you. This is all about Pastor Dave today. Isaiah 59, verse 2. And so some people are wondering, it's like, is God even listening? What's going on? But Isaiah 59, verse 2, it says, It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Now, again, this isn't the day to make everybody feel bad, but this is worth considering if you're sitting there saying, man, I've been praying. I feel like God's not even hearing me. I feel I'm just saying it could possibly be something like this. Now, most of the time, if you're really born again, you don't have to go digging super far to to find out what the root is in your life. Usually because, you know, we take communion every month and and that's a time to examine your life. Most of the time I can say, God, what is it in me that, that you need me to change right now? It usually takes one second. I'm like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't be doing that, huh? I don't usually have to dig and dig. Man, I'm just, I got it all together so well that I just can't think of what, what I could possibly change right now because I've got it all together. No, if, if the Lord's in your heart, it doesn't take long. If you really say, like David said in Psalm 139, search me. Oh, God, know my heart. It doesn't take long if you'll really be honest with God and and say, just, Lord, tell me what I'm doing wrong. It'll come to you, and it's not that hard. But if you're sitting here saying, it seems like my prayers aren't getting answered, I'm telling you today that this may be the time to examine your heart and see if there's something going on that can be blocking the blessing. Have I ever told you about my $30,000 cheeseburger? Okay, I'm going to share about my $30,000 cheeseburger uh, from uh, 2015. And, uh, and because I, I, this blocked prayers from being answered in my life. And so here goes the story of it cost me about $30,000, um, a washer, a furnace, and my car got broken into all over a stinking cheeseburger. And you're like, how the heck did that happen? Well, I'm going to tell you how that happened. So I was at a local eatery, a fast food restaurant, and I was going through the drive-thru in, oh, I'd say about November of, I think, 2015. And so I'm in a hurry. I'm on my way to a meeting at church, and I get my my stuff, out of, and, and the lady, I didn't know it at the time, but she owed me $1 in change. She gave me five and an extra cheeseburger. Darn that cheeseburger. So, so she gives me the cheeseburger and the, and the extra money and I drive off and I'm like, oh wait, no, she was only supposed to give me a, she's only supposed to give me a, a, a dollar. But I was in a hurry so I'm like, well, I'll swing back by there later and give them their change and pay for the extra cheeseburger because that's stealing. Listen, if you're in here and the cashier gives you too much money back and you're like, score, harvest, yeah. That is not harvest from God. That's stealing. You give it back, little thief. So anyway, so I get I get the money and I, and and I drive. I'm like, oh man, all right, I'll 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 swing back by and and I and I forget about it and I don't go back and pay my cheeseburger dues and 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 I drive past this place every day. It's by my house, so I drive past it and I keep thinking, okay, I need to get in there. And every now and then, God would remind me, go pay for the cheeseburger and give them their four dollars. And I'd be like, oh, I'll get to it. I'm just I got stuff. And I would always make an excuse. And I really did intend to do it. But what do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like, I, I meant to do good, but I just kept putting it off. And then out of nowhere, Thanksgiving weekend, 2015, like everything just burst in my life. And you're like, seriously? Yeah. 
a pipe broke in my bathroom wall and flooded my house out. And, and here we are, the day after Thanksgiving, the whole house was flooded, everything was gut, every room was entirely trashed with water out of a pipe. And so, you know, I, we have to, we end up spending nearly the entire Christmas season at the Holiday Inn. And that breakfast is good for about a week, but you get tired of the continent, you know what I mean? That's a good, it's a solid breakfast, but after a week it's not good anymore. So, I'm doing that, and then my car gets broken into, and, and, and I'm praying like, God, what's going on? And then, and then, I mean, just all these things keep happening. Things are breaking down. People are getting sick. All this stuff. Now, God didn't send any of it, but the blessing pipeline over my life had officially been clogged because that was a sin. And God reminded me and reminded me and gave me chance after chance after chance after chance. And I kept saying, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And after a while, I'm like, God, what is going on if another thing breaks down? If another thing, I don't know what to do here. This is unfair. What's going on? I'm praying. It seems like you're not listening. And I'm talking to God. And then all of a sudden, before my mind flashes a cheeseburger, I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is all over a cheeseburger and four dollars. And so for real. And I'm like, and I knew in my heart that God didn't send these bad things. But you got to realize you don't understand how many bad things God is blocking from happening in your life that you never know about until you step out from underneath the blessing. It's like it's raining all around this place, but you're usually standing under the umbrella so you don't feel a thing. But you step out from underneath the umbrella and then it's raining and then you want to blame God. He didn't go anywhere. You did. And some people are like, well, where's God? He's where he's always been. Where are you? You're the one that took off. And now you're saying like, no, you left God. He didn't leave you. And so I came to my senses and I'm like, I am going to pay for that cheeseburger and I'm paying interest. So I get a $10 bill and I pull up to the restaurant. I go inside. I need to speak with your manager right now. And I think they thought they'd screwed up my order or spit on my onion rings or something. I don't know. But I went in there with a $10 bill and I'm like, hey, I need to talk to the manager. And so the manager comes out. I'm like. About six weeks ago, you guys gave me too much money. You gave me $5 instead of one, and you gave me an extra cheeseburger. Take this money, and I don't ever want to see from you guys again. I walk out the door, and people are like, what's, what's going on with that? But I'm telling you, as soon as I made amends with the cheeseburger and with the restaurant, the blessing, I mean, things quit breaking down. My life returned to normal. And you're like, that's no, I'm not making a single piece. You know, my wife will testify. I lived at the Holiday Inn for a month, and it was awful. Living in a motel room with all these kids for a month, that's not fun, people. And so I'm telling you right now, you do not want to block the blessing of God in your life. But one problem that my generation has, and I, you know, I am at the front end of the millennial generation, so you can make fun of me, and it'll probably hurt my feelings and offend me, but, uh, but anyway... You know, one problem with dealing with sin in our day and age is we keep changing the definition of what it is because it's too offensive. It hurts people's feelings too much. And so things that have been wrong for thousands of years are just now okay, or we give it a different name. And, and that, that kind of, that lowers the bar, that changes the, st- and there's a lot of confused people around here like, why are my prayers getting answered? Well, they probably don't even realize that they're living a life of sin or or, are not living under the blessing of God because people have lied to them and said, hey, you're fine, it's okay. And so I heard a story about a pastor in Australia. This pastor in Australia, after the service one night, someone came to his office and said, Pastor, 
I need to talk to you. A bunch of us feel like you deal with guilt and sin way too harshly. We're afraid you keep using these words. You're going to scare the kids. You need to call it something else. Call it a mistake instead of sin. Call it something else. So the pastor's like, do you realize what you're asking me to do? He said, yeah. You're, you're, not, you need to, you're hurting people. And so he pulls out of a shelf a bottle that says strychnine on it. And underneath it in big red letters are the words poison. He's saying, you realize what this is? This would kill people right here. You're telling me to change the label on it so as not to hurt their feelings. Suppose that I paste the word peppermint oil over the word strychnine and cross out the word poison and say, here, it's okay to take this because I changed the label. I'm going to kill people. Because we're, we're worried about their feelings. We're worried about them being too sensitive. That's what you want me to do. Just because we put a different name, just because we change the label on something, doesn't mean it's not going to kill you. All it does is make it even more dangerous to you, because it's still going to kill you, and you're not even going to see it coming. And that's where we're at right now. And listen to me. There's a lot of people wondering, why aren't my prayers getting answered the pipeline is clogged, and you, you're, you're too afraid to look in the mirror and look at it. I, had, I have many times in my life had to look in the mirror and say, you, you are messing it up right now, man. You need to change that if you really expect God to answer your prayer. So I believe we have a generation of decent people who aren't getting prayers answered because they're poisoned people because people like churches have lied to them and said it's okay when it's not okay so god hasn't changed and he's not going to so that means i have to do you honestly think you're going to sit there and bargain with god and he's going to change his mind and he's going to be the one to change You think that you're going to get into a debate with the Almighty and change his mind on something. It's not going to happen. If there's going to be anybody changing, it's going to have to be me. I have to make the change because God already said in his word, I am God. I change not. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. And so if there's going to be a change made, it's going to have to be on my end. So here, listen, we could get offended about this. We could say that that's painful, and and it probably is. But do you want to be a person that gets their prayers answered? No one's here trying to make you feel bad and judge you. We're just saying, do you want to be a person that when you pray, God not only hears that prayer, but the prayer gets answered? I want to be, if I'm in a bad situation, my child's sick, there's an emergency, I want to be able to go to God in complete faith with a pure heart and totally know that God is going to answer that prayer. I don't want to have to dig 15 years of dirt off of my heart before I can, in good conscience, pray that prayer. I want to have a clean heart before God. I want to be pure before God. I don't want to be living in sin and letting iniquity have control of my heart. The second thing is this. Number two, let's move on to number two, because number one definitely did not go over very big. Number two is this pride. Let's talk about pride since you didn't like talking about sin. Let's talk about pride. That's even more fun. Who in here could say that they're, pr- they're humble and they're proud of it? <laughs> no? Okay. Just check it. Let's look at Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. And let's see what Jesus has a story here about somebody going in prayer. 
but their heart was not right before God. Luke chapter 18, we're going to look at a few verses here. Luke chapter 18, who's glad they came to church this morning? Amen. That's good. Luke chapter 18, hallelujah. Luke chapter 18, we're going to look at verses 9 through 14. And we're going to discuss pride for just a minute here today. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. And I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, look at this story. We got two people and no doubt about it, man, this Pharisee, he probably knew the scripture. He knew the, the law of the covenant. He knew it. I'm guaranteeing a whole lot better than this tax collector. And I'm guessing the tax collector wasn't the most holy man on the block. And so here we are looking at this. But this man, even though he knew the scripture, even though he knew what to pray and all this stuff. Listen, he was a tither even. Look at this guy. He was praying out of the wrong motives. And Jesus said, that guy, these two guys went to their houses, but only one returned justified before God because this Pharisee, this teacher was full of pride. He was, when he was praying, he was looking at the guy beside him. And I'm telling you, you are messed up if you come to God and saying, I know I don't got it all together, God, but at least I am not like him. That is a mess right there. If you come to God and that's your attitude, you are screwed up, man. That is not right. That you're, you should be comparing your life to the word of God, not to the people around you. Amen? Not, you, don't need to even, you don't need to be comparing your life to, to my life or to, to your, Mike's life or Norma's. Or, your life, my life isn't the standard for how you live because I mess up sometimes and do stupid things and sinful things. Believe it or not, it happens. And it happens to all of us. So if your faith is based upon how Pastor Dave or Mrs. Pastor or Katie or Pastor Sam, it, it, that, that, listen, yeah, we should be living holy lives and we try the best that we can. But we are not your standard. The word of God is. And if you need to look around to people around you that are beneath you spiritually and haven't been in the church as long or haven't been serving God as long saying, man, God, I know I messed up today, but woo! Dylan, let's talk about that for a minute. That is a hot mess right there. That is, man, whoa. And the best thing is when you take it, you know, when you take people's business to others, I need, I need to tell you about Dylan for prayer. We're going to pray about it. It's for prayer. That's for gossip. That's never for prayer. You just want to spread some juicy rumors. That is messed up. But anyway, but this Pharisee, he wasn't going 
to God based on the goodness of God. He wasn't going to God to examine his life. There he was in his prayer, praying out loud, trying to make the person beside him feel bad. Have you ever seen somebody do that? I've seen people do that. They know somebody's in the room struggling with something and, and, and they, they want to, uh, Lord, I thank you that I don't steal, cheat, lie. Like some people do, but Lord, I thank you that we're all, praise God, you love us all anyway, I guess. People do stuff like that. That is pride. That is arrogance. And that is not a prayer that's going to bring the blessings from heaven down. Pride will clog the pipeline from heaven. Now, this Pharisee was not praying from the right motives. He was not praying from the right place. And when you come to God in prayer, you can't come based on your own goodness. You need to come based on the goodness of Jesus. Did you get that? Even if you've been doing pretty good, even if you are pretty clean and holy and righteous, listen to me. If you're coming to God to get prayers answered based upon how good you are, that's coming from a place of pride. We're supposed to come to God based on how good Jesus is. Because when you break it down, not a single one of us deserves what Jesus has done for us. Now, yeah, we should be striving, like I just said in point number one. We should be striving to live a holy life, no doubt about it. But inevitably, that's not enough right there. You have got to be coming based upon the goodness of God, not based upon anything else. I heard this story about a pastor and a taxi cab driver both died and went to heaven. And when they got there, they escort the taxi driver to a massive mansion with a private golf course and a pool, a beautiful mansion. And he's like, oh, yes, sweet. And so he goes into his mansion and, 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 and praise God he's doing good. Then they take the pastor to this little beat-up shack. And the pastor says, what's, what's this? He gets a mansion? I've fasted twice a week. I've tithed. I've preached. I've, I've, I've fed the poor. I've done everything. And I, I, I preached for you for 50 years and I get this. And the angels tell him, yeah, but every time you preached, you put everybody to sleep. And then he says, and every time the taxi cab driver drove, people prayed. So, yeah, I'm working on my joke delivery. So, but anyway, listen, this guy thought that he deserved a bigger mansion just because he was a preacher. It doesn't work that way. Amen. You're responsible for living your life according to what God has told you to do. And here's a true story. One of my one of my pastor friends said he was at the back of the church shaking hands one Sunday morning. And and a guy came up to him and said, Pastor, I believe that you're you're probably smarter than Einstein himself. And the pastor was like, <laughs> Thank you. Wow, that's all right. Yeah, thank you, brother. And I mean, that went to his head right away. So all week long, he's he's thinking about that smarter than Einstein. Man, that's wow. That's that's I try. <laughs> you know, I, I try. And so he he's thinking about that and his head's just getting bigger and bigger. And so the next Sunday he finds that guy and he's like, thank you for that compliment. What did you mean by that? And the guy said, well, I read one time that Einstein was so brilliant that they say only ten people in the entire world could even understand what he was saying. And nobody understands what you're saying. <laughs> that didn't really happen. That was also one of my bad jokes. But anyway, what I'm saying is, 
don't let pride overtake your heart. Because a lot of people I've seen, God will start answering some prayers. And God, they start getting somewhere. And then all of a sudden, they start getting conceited about it. They start letting answered prayers go to their head. And they think that they've reached a new level of being spiritual. They've reached a new level. And, and they start to real, they start to think, whether they realize it or not, that these prayers are getting answered because they're so good and they've just got it all together. And, and I mean, they're just better than the people around them. And then, you know what happens? Well, let's look at Proverbs. Let's see what Proverbs has to say about this. Let's look here at Proverbs chapter 26. Are we learning anything today? We're just trying to, to look at some things that could be blocking prayers from getting answered. We're trying to trying to, to see what it's going to take to get your prayers answered. Because we know it's going to take faith. We know it's going to take praying the word of God. We've talked about that. So we know how to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. That's been discussed. And even then it seems like sometimes it's not happening. But let's look here at Proverbs chapter 26, verse 12. You need to see this. It says, there is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. So if you're wise, don't go telling everybody about it. I am so wise that I just need to tell you how to live your life. Stay away from me, please. I don't, listen, people that just want to tell everybody else how to live their life, I don't like people like that. Folks, you do you, okay? You focus on you for a minute, especially when you've got a mess going on. And what did Jesus say? Remove the splinter from your eye before you worry about the log in your neighbor's eye. And then you can help them. He didn't say never help other people with what's wrong in their life. He just said, you need to get rid of the thing out of your eye, first of all, and then go help them. And so a lot of people, they, they think they're wise. They think that they've got this gift of advice for everybody else, but they don't. They don't. So look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23. And a verse that everybody knows is, I I think it's in Proverbs 16. uh, But it says, pride comes before the fall. And a haughty spirit. Amen. But look here. We're going to look at Proverbs 29, verse 23. It says, a man's pride will bring him low. But the humble in spirit will retain honor. Now think about the way this, that pride could be holding us back. Couldn't just, it's not just that you're praying a prideful prayer, but do you have something in your life that you have so much pride that you are unwilling to admit that you were wrong in a situation? Because I know some people, like, they were dead wrong years ago. But, and, and they deep down they know it, but they've got so much pride that they would rather die They would rather not have their prayers answered than to admit they were wrong. Pride is a killer. It's a vicious, violent, nasty killer. And there's so many people that they would rather hold on to being right than to let God come in and answer their prayers, heal their children, you know, fix their marriage, all this stuff. They would rather be right and die holding on to that. Listen to me. You think that's going to matter after death? You think in the end it's going to matter? And so if you're in here today and there's just something that in your heart you know that you were wrong, but you just flat out can't admit it, that is pride that is choking the life out of you on the inside. And you're wondering why you're praying and nothing's happening. Pride has absolutely, boom, cut it off, man. You've got to look at yourself 
all of us. You can't be too proud to look at yourself. You've got, to, you've got to know this, man, that you have got to be able to examine yourself. And if there's something that needs to change, maybe you've done something the same way for 50 years. You've had the exact same routine. Just because you've always done it that way doesn't mean it's not incredibly stupid. Amen. Just because you've always done it that way doesn't mean that it's right or that it's that, that you need to make some changes. There's things that I've looked at in my life that I'm like, this is this is how I do it. This is this is this is who I am. It's just a part of me. But that's pride. If you can't say I need to make some changes. Amen. There's tons of stuff. I can I can throw out all kinds of dirt on me right now that I'm telling you, I'm a guy and, you know, I'll throw some dirt out on me. I don't I'm not a I'm not much of a talker. OK, you know, and Katie, my wife, would probably testify to this. You know, you can spill your heart out to me and I'm like. That is so cool. Um, what were we going to, did you say lasagna for dinner? Uh, you know, and, and that's not right. That's not cool. You can't be like that. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a one to just spill my feelings and my, you know, but, but you need to be able to do that, you know, with, with your wife. They, they like that. Ladies, do you like that? When the, yeah, they like that stuff. It, it turns out. I'm, you know, as a guy, I'm, I'm pretty much fine with never telling anybody any thought that's on my mind, and I would be totally cool with that forever. But at the same time, the ladies need that. So, you know, amen, ladies. I'm, I'm throwing you a bone here, ladies. You need to give a little amen or something. I'm tossing, I'm tossing something your way. So anyway, but for years, I don't talk. I'm quiet. That's 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 who I am. I don't talk. You know. <laughs> Like, but that's prideful. That's not right. You know, I listen, but I don't talk. And after a while, I had to come, you know, that, that's not cool. And so, you know, I, I, I do better now, right? Someone, yeah, yeah, I do better now. And so, but there's some things you're like, well, that's just how I've always been. I, I'm not going to, I am not changing for nobody. All right, Mr. Prideful, arrogant little punk. You want your prayers to get answered? That's fine. You can stay that way, but... Don't wonder why your prayers don't get answered because there's so much pride swallowing your heart that, that uh, there's no connection there between you and heaven anymore. Examine yourself. And maybe it's time to admit that, that you've been wrong. Maybe it's time to admit that you need to make some changes. Amen? Maybe it's time to apologize to somebody, which beautifully brings us into point number three. The third thing that could be clogging us and blocking our prayers is the mistreatment of others. This is the main thing that can hinder your prayers from getting answered. Is mistreating other people. Not walking in love. Not walking in forgiveness. Not loving your neighbor as yourself. There's, I mean, countless scriptures we could look at on this. But I want to show you something here in Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. Galatians 5 verse 6. And I'm asking you this morning to honestly take a a really good look at yourself right now. Examine your life. Judge yourself this morning and see if there's if it's even remotely possible that you could be doing better in any of these areas. But especially number three. I'm not going to examine you. I'm not asking anybody else to examine you. But I'm asking you for the sake of your prayers getting answered, for the sake of your family being healed and restored, would you look at yourself and see if maybe you could possibly somehow be doing even a little bit better in in this area? Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 in the King James, it says, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything or uncircumcision, but faith 
which worketh by love. It says it's your faith that matters. It's your faith that avails. And your faith worketh by love. If you are not loving others, your faith won't work. And when your faith won't work, your prayers won't get answered. That's on your outline there. If you are not loving others, your faith won't work. And when your faith won't work, your prayers don't get answered. We're told in 1 John 4 verse 8 that God is love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8, but that he that loves not does not know God. For God is love. So you expect to live your life contrary to the very essence of who God is? To live a life of being mean and hateful and nasty and rude and and treating people wrong and and bitter and holding on to unforgiveness? There's nothing that could be more opposite from what God is. Because God, by the very definition in the Bible, is love. And if you live your life opposite of that, contrary to everything that God is, and then expect your prayers to get answered, you are deceived. It's not going to happen. You're not going to treat people bad all the time, be mean and rude and nasty and foul, and think that your prayers are going to get answered. Faith works by love. Say it with me. Faith works by love. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And there's, I mean, this is such a big thing with God that we love other people. Christians, Jesus said that by this shall all men know you're my disciples indeed if you have love for one another. That's how people are supposed to be able to tell that you're even a Christian. Is that you're such a loving person. So that's how people know you're my disciple, by your love for one another. So whenever I see someone that's super nice and loving and kind, I'm like, they must be a disciple of Jesus. That must be a Christian right there. They are so loving. They're so kind. And then when I see someone that's mean and foul and saying nasty things and and cussing and cursing and being rude, I'm like, oh, I'll bet they're not a Christian. Then they invite you to their church. Has that ever happened? Whoa. I want to go to that place. Dear God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, Jesus said, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person, and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. He says, before you even approach God, you need to make sure that you have reconciled the differences with those. And listen, this doesn't even say in, the, in verse 23 that if there's somebody that you have something against, it says if there's somebody that has something against you and you remember it when you're approaching God, leave the sacrifice, leave it right there. OK, come back to it, but go and fix things with that other person and then make your approach to God and then come to God. Why? Why is that? Because it's really hard to get to the throne of God when you've got hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness all around you. I know people that are holding on to bitterness against people they've never even met. And they wonder, well, I know people, let me just break it down the middle right here. I know people that hate 
President Barack Obama. And I know people that hate President Donald Trump, and they've never even met these individuals. They hate them. And then they pray to God, and, and, and they'll go off all day long cursing and bad-mouthing presidents and either side. I'm talking about both, and even previous guys. And then they absolutely, I mean, I hear people that I feel that they would, they would probably, if they could, they would wipe these people off the face of the earth. And then they come to God, dear Lord, it's me again, your favorite son. I just want to come this morning and approach your holy throne of grace and pour out my petitions before thee, God. And thank you that you love me. I don't know, man. I, he loves you. I get that. But you have hatred in your heart for someone you've never even met. I'm just going to leave that right there. And sit over. If you want to dig it up, it's over there in the western quadrant of the sanctuary. But, uh, but yeah, you need to examine your heart. Do you have bitterness grasping your heart against people that you don't even know? Let alone the people you do know. Because Lord knows you get bitterness against them already. But what about the people that you've never even met that you let a hatred for them control you? That's messed up. And you're wondering why your prayers don't get answered. I think I'm going to need the ushers to escort me out to my car after the service. I feel the heat up here right now, man. It is getting hot. Wow. Let's break it down even further. Let's, let's go one step further. It's going to get worse before it gets better, but it is going to get better. Let's talk about husbands and wives just a little bit more, because I feel we need to tap into this topic for just a minute. First Peter chapter 3. Let's get real specific. Let's just really get down to the needy-greedy for a minute today. First Peter 3, 7. Now, Peter very much, and Peter was a married man, okay? Paul was not married, but Peter was a married man. We know, at least know that... Jesus healed his mother-in-law of a fever that one day. So Peter was definitely married. And he, he, did, he cared about his mother-in-law, apparently. So that's good. That's a good sign right there, Peter. But First Peter 3, 7. And Peter is talking about how husbands and wives are supposed to treat each other. And he has advice for the wives. But he's, he's specifically talking to the husbands right here. But I don't think it's a stretch to say that this could apply to husbands and wives both. So I'm going to go ahead and step out on that limb and say this. But first Peter three, seven, it says in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should. So your prayers will not be hindered. There it is. And black and white. You can't get any more real than that right there. That's as real as we can possibly make this. Treat her as you should, or else your prayers will be hindered. Or, or, you know, it says, so your prayers will not be hindered. So listen, you think that you can treat your wife, and let's say husbands too, all right? You can treat your spouse terrible. You can be nice to everybody at church. Oh, yeah, you can be real nice here. You can put on a smile and look good. And I mean, uh, hey, we see you. You all look great today. You look fantastic. But what about when you go home today? Listen, let's just set up the scenario, man. And I got to say, my wife is cooking me a duck for dinner today, which I'm so thankful for because duck is delicious. If you've never had duck, it's, it is the filet mignon of waterfowl. It is incredible. So my wife is making me a duck today, and I'm so excited about this. Uh, I cleaned it out this morning and got all the insides out. It was, it was great. It was so cool. 
But that was right before church. So if you shook my hand today, the joke's on you. <laughs> the joke is on you. Big time. But, uh, but anyway, so you're here at church smiling and, and you're loving us. You're hugging us. You're taking selfies with your t-shirt. But then you go home and your wife does something that you don't appreciate and you just blow up at her. It says to treat her as you're supposed to. So your prayers won't be hindered. What if your husband comes in and for the four millionth time didn't pick up his dirty drawers off of your bedroom floor? You've told him, and he said he'd do it, but he still didn't do it. And he, he just did something. And, and I mean, yeah, there should be, this should be dealt with. But blowing up and, and calling names and all this stuff, do you really think that's the best approach you could take? Suppose your kids do something really stupid, and that's highly likely the more kids that you have. Highly likely that they're going to do something to you today before the day's out. Okay, they've already done. My kids have already done things to me this morning to torture me. But at the same time, does that make it okay? There's a right and there's a wrong way to deal with conflict within the home. All right. All joking aside, conflict needs to be dealt with. But there's definitely a right and a wrong way. And choosing the wrong way will cause your prayers to be hindered. It will cause your prayers. It'll block your prayer. We're talking about prayer blockers today. And Peter said right here, if you're not treating your wife right, and we're going to say husband, and I'm going to take it even a step further and say the people in your household, your family, your children, everybody there, if you're not treating them as you should, your prayers are going to be hindered. Now, do you have too much pride where you can't even admit that sometimes you don't treat your family right? I'll stand before you today and say I don't have too much pride. There are times... It's hard to believe, I know, that I, that I, uh, that, now it's, usually it's towards evening, I'm not a night person, but anyway, uh, but uh, there are times that I don't treat my family as I should, and I try, man, I, I, and I try to lay down my, and I'll, and I'll, I'll repent in front of my kids, I'll repent in front of my wife and say, hey, my bad, I should not have done that, that was wrong, forgive me everybody, but if you've got too much pride to even do that, you've got all kinds of blockages going on in your prayer life. You've got several blockages. You've got pride. You've got you're treating people wrong, and the list. Can, and I'm guessing there's probably even more than that. You know how sometimes they go to to do a surgery or a, a heart surgery. Like, oh, there's a lot of blockages here. Well, some of us have several blockages in the prayer pipeline. There's a lot right going on right there, and you need to remove those, and you're going to be a healthy, happy Christian once again. But you, if you have too much pride to even admit that you've been wrong in something, or to even examine yourself man just keep living your life but i'm telling you the prayer thing's not going to get much better for you it's not going to get much better if you're too afraid to examine your life and the very last thing last verse is mark 11 25 have we are you getting this is this helping you today I, the goal is to help people mark 11 25 let's go ahead and get this together and josh if you want to come on up for me mark 11 25 and we all know verses 23 and 24 those are some of our favorite verses says you can speak to the mountain and tell it be thou removed be thou cast into the sea and if you don't doubt those things which you say but believe that they shall come to pass you shall have whatsoever you sayeth but then the very next verse mark 11:25 says but when you are praying when you are praying first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against So your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. It says right there, the first thing, when you are praying, first, forgive anyone 
that you're holding a grudge against. And so, in our quest today to get prayers answered, in our quest to unclog the pipe, in our quest to really become a person of prayer in 2018, all I'm asking you to do today is examine your heart. Is there a grudge in there somewhere that you need to take care of? Is there some pride in there that you need to say, yeah, I've, yeah, absolutely, I need to get rid of that. Or maybe in your life, you can look in there and say, there's some sin that I'm holding on to that I just haven't wanted to let go of yet. If there is, man, let today be the day that you deal with it and you start getting an open connection to heaven once again. It's nice to have a direct line to the throne room of God and know that he's hearing you and that he is going to do something about the request that you've brought to him. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. But I amen. I want us to stay in a reverent uh, mood, a reverent frame of mind uh, for just a few minutes here. This is the most important part of the service. When God's going to deal with people. And so I want my prayer team to come up with me this morning. But I am asking you to get real with yourself. Because God already knows what's going on on the inside. But it's for your benefit, not mine. It's not not for me. It's not for the people around you. For your benefit, would you be strong enough today to look at your life and say, Some things have got to change. And of course, none of that's going to change if you don't even have a right relationship with God. And so we're going to we're going to give a chance today for anybody that you're big enough to say, hey, I want things right with God. Whether that means asking him into your heart, whether that means coming back and rededicating your life or whether that means I need to repent of some sin. I'm asking that you actually be bold enough to come forward to someone to pray with you because Jesus put a big emphasis on not being ashamed of him of coming forward and publicly confessing him no one asks you to get a microphone and say anything but if you're too ashamed to walk 20 feet for Jesus heaven's a pretty long way so I'm asking you today to lay down your pride and if you need to make some changes in your life it's none of my business no one's business I'm asking you to come forward and receive prayer. We want to pray with you. We don't, I don't know one wants to grill you, but we want to pray for you and we want to see God work in your life. Amen. And so throwing that out there to you, do what you want to with it. Let's go ahead and sing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.